Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Josh. We're in the second half of October. Yes. How does that feel? Weird. Weird. I feel like time is just flying by all of a sudden. It's like a, like the energy of the year is just starting to go so fast. Have you heard my theory of shuffle? No, tell me the theory of shuffle. It, it, was, it existed before the pandemic, but especially during the pandemic, my theory is that we all live on shuffle <laughs> per our iPhones and iPods, you know? Uh-huh. So it used to listen, you know, it used to be when you listen to music, you'd put on a record, you listen to all the 10 songs, even the boring filler. Uh, and with the iPod, we live on shuffle. And so mm-hmm. am I going to hear a song from the 60s, from the 90s, <laughs> from the 00s, whatever it may be? Mm-hmm. And so I kind of feel like time has been worse and changed, mm. and we could all be living in every decade or even all time at once. Wow. Uh, so I don't know if this is an enlightening, refreshing mm. idea or a scary one. Sounds like a Marvel movie to me. Multi, <laughs> the multiverse. Yes, Josh Reeves and the multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's great to connect. We've got um, you know a busy holiday season coming yes. up at Mile High Church. What are you looking forward to? Well, I think for me personally, that's part of why this time of year goes really fast because I was uh, this summer in my home office listening to Christmas music as we were reviewing music for the candlelight services in December, and my mother walked by and said, "Why are you listening to Christmas?" music. And I said, because I have to review these songs that we have to pick out so early. So it's like everything we're planning, we've been planning for the holidays, and now we're going to start planning for the first part of the year. We just worked on our master calendar for the whole 2024. So it's always like this part of my brain is focused in the future. But I always do love this time of year more than any time of year with all the fun holidays and the weather changing and the coolness coming and even the snow coming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're getting there, and I'm sure we plan our own personal lives with the same amount of planning and precision, don't I we? I try, I try. <laughs> <laughs> but we've got uh, Dan Harris event coming up yes. November 3rd. Uh, we're doing our Thanksgiving service on a Wednesday night, the yes. night before Thanksgiving. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, blessings abound, is that what it is? Bountiful. Bountiful. Blessings abound, yes. Mm-hmm. I think of that paper towel guy. I know. Rah, we can clean up anything. <laughs> That's going to be great. Yes. Uh, and then we've got you know our normal family Christmas yes. and then our candlelight services, yes. which you were referring to. What's our theme this year? Oh, it's Christmas magic. Ah, I could use Christmas a little Christmas. You want to be in the world, which I really love. I'm up for some Christmas magic. Me so, too. so uh, hopefully, if you're listening, you're going to spend a lot of time with us yes. uh, these next couple months in person or online. And um, here, you know, left field question: Do you have a message that you gave this year that you're particularly proud of, or that mm. has really resonated uh, with you? I don't know if you ever have that experience of listening to your own talks later on. Mm-hmm. I can't watch myself, but I'll listen, and every once in a while, I'll go. Oh, I you know that was meant for just me. I gave that. I, I wonder if you have one of those for you. Well, mine I think would be the one that I gave. I think it was in September about resistance, and it really resonated for me, and I think for a lot of people because I think a huge part of what we uh, struggle with in our world is resistance. Resistance to what's so, resistance to who are who we are and how magnificent we are, and it just really felt like it had it had some legs. In fact, I'm developing a workshop on it because I'm going to give the workshop at another church in a couple of weeks on the Western Slope. And um, I think it really, uh, really spoke to me. Yeah. 
Awesome. What about for you? Did you? What was yours? Oh, there's always some that I like a lot. It's it, I always love the honor of speaking around July Fourth here. Really it, there, there's that. this mm-hmm. weird. Um, it's kind of like when this date and time meet, there's a passage, and you can talk about the country <laughs> and uh-huh. not get mean emails. Right. And uh, that's an opportunity for me to talk about you know history mm-hmm. and to talk about spirituality and to talk about America as a spiritual idea. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure not everybody agrees with everything that I say, but it's really Really fun, and you know, this year was particularly special because it was talking about you know America not as politics but as tenacious characters. You right. know, and you think about Frederick Douglass, or you think about Eleanor Roosevelt, or you think about Walt Whitman. Those mm-hmm. are just a few people that I talked about. That's what America is: is these great people who've made us who we are, and uh, we get so drawn downtrodden making it about other other things. Mm-hmm. And so that was just a fun one to to get to give. And, uh, you know, speaking, you know, not of politics, but of just humanity, I know that we're all um, just so devastated by what we saw in Israel. And now we're dealing and watching this aftermath Mm -hmm. of, you know, wanting a world of peace and yet also wanting justice Mm -hmm. for these folks who have been so, um, had their dignity taken from them, you know, in such uh, a terrible way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, having deep compassion for these innocent lives in um, Gaza and the West Bank who um, are already experiencing, but but they're not only are they experiencing such difficulty right now, but they know it's going to it's it's about to get a lot worse. Mm, it is, yeah, yeah, and it really is um, a time I think where we have to hold both energies of seeing and having compassion and feeling the the uh, just utter helplessness of watching our fellow human beings struggle in this way and and some of the images that are coming out of that time while also holding the high watch of spirituality and and prayerfulness and just sending I keep talking to myself in my prayer life each day about sending love bombs just mm-hmm. like love mm-hmm. and just really sending love over there and knowing uh, I was talking with a group of people the other night we were talking about not knowing what the solutions are, but recognizing we don't have to know, but what we have to know is that there are solutions. There are ways towards peace, paths to peace that can emerge, even if we can't see them right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So wanting to be part of that change in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's so many complexities there. And, you know, I was, you know, listening to your great African-American thinker, and he was talking about watching the attack on Israel and how it brought up for him, you know, the experiences of, of watching people who went through slavery and, and seeing someone who was black be murdered because of the color of their skin yes. and how deep a tragedy it is for so many people because it felt not just like an attack on individuals, but on a whole race. Mm-hmm. And it brings up that collective wound. It and does. so I think there's that aspect for all of us that we have to, you know, pause and not fix, but listen, you know, and watch mm-hmm. that wound and what it has to tell us, not about just that incident, but the, about history and yes. the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to want, I think, justice against anyone who did that attack. And we're drawn as well to think of a Palestine that can exist, you know, in peace and mm-hmm. think of a Middle East that can exist in peace mm-hmm. and that, you know, what really needs to be destroyed here is a, is a way of thinking right. uh, that would 
think that murdering a so-called kind of people is acceptable and that that can't be acceptable in our world Mm-mm. anymore. You know, the, the first thought, because it, it happened on a Saturday and I got to speak on a Sunday, was just this thought for me that, you know, we don't choose what connects us in life. No. We are one, mm-hmm. um, but we do choose over time what disconnects us. We do. We do have to choose hate over time. It's ingrained mm-hmm. in a lot of us, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's perhaps generational and passed right, down. Right. But I think for a lot of us right now, even in these most difficult of circumstances, we have to resist the urge to hate, mm-hmm. resist the urge to separate, mm-hmm. and to hold a consciousness of oneness that see, sees that, yes, everyone has a right to belong in the world mm-hmm. and to thrive in the world. And it's not about attacking people. It's attacking these terrible ways of thinking that would cause people to do such violence and harm to mm-hmm. other human beings. Yeah, and what I hear you saying in that for me is um, what I think is important to recognize that we're all part of of ushering in the solutions and the changes and the evolutionary ideas that have to come from that. So uh, uh, I was saying before we started today how there's this part of me that wants to know what's going on and this other part of me that just wants to ignore Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. And it's that dance where I feel strongly that as a fellow human whose consciousness is connected to the consciousness of all of the beings who are struggling in this this experience that I have to be willing to be aware of what's happening and be aware that I don't want to be in denial. I don't want to be pretending that it's not happening. I want to be able to look right at it and see through it into the heart of love and be a part of the energy that can create that evolution that you're talking about. And that, that we're all, we all have some accountability for that for sure. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and I do think, you know, you can have, uh, I know it's it's a controversial saying the good people on both sides oh, argument. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. have good people on both sides, and you can mm-hmm. still have right and wrong. Absolutely, <laughs> you know, yes. and uh, and want yes. what's best. And I think even in our country, we're so quick to, you know, take sides or to create uh, conflicts. In this case, you know, Jewish and and Palestinians, et cetera, et cetera. And there, there's a there's a perspective that I can understand with mm-hmm. all of that. But yes. I also think. You know, in spiritual living, we have this requirement to mm-hmm. um, the sacred duty to hold all as one, while at the same time saying, you know, you don't get away with this bullshit. No, you, no, you don't get away no, with doing no. that to people, mm-hmm. and there is a natural consequence on both sides that mm-hmm. happens to that. And so, accountability and justice is is very important, mm-hmm. and um, it's so hard as well to realize that everyone in this has been victimized, mm-hmm. and that each and every person has the ability to claim responsibility for themselves, mm-hmm. accountability, and to step forward and make a change for themselves and others. And so um, it's still a scary time because it's like, gosh, this could turn into World War III with okay. Lebanon and yep. Iran, yeah. and uh, we're you know moving um, these large ships into the area. And mm-hmm. so we want to hold consciousness for peace and also say, hopefully, as tragic, and there's no sugarcoating what happened was, that this can be a vehicle for mm-hmm. choosing a greater peace as opposed to a you know a greater destru- destruction. Yeah. Yeah, and I know that I kind of uh, tend to be an optimistic person. And so the part that often hurts my heart is that I just have to know that there are 
solutions and every conflict that's occurring in not only this and every part of the world that people get to this desperate place where they feel that the only solution are these violent choices. And I understand how people can get there because it, it can happen in a, a personal relationship. It can happen between parents and kids. It can happen in, in between police officers and, and citizens. It can happen in all sorts of venues. We see that. And so it's looking at what are um, viable solutions that I don't even know about that can come forth and realizing that this this isn't going to ever be a solution on this planet. This does not solve things. We do, yes. Yeah. And, and you know, we change ourselves. Part of my, I'm always studying some part of history once a year and this year, <laughs> just kind of organically, it's been Ireland, you know, and, really? and learning oh. about, you know, what they called the, the troubles. So sure. you had... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of, especially Northern Ireland, this, you know, Protestant representative of Britain group, and mm-hmm. you had uh, Catholics, and there was an old Irish joke, which went, uh, someone says, hey, what religion are you? And they say, oh, I'm an atheist. And they say, well, are you a Protestant atheist or a Catholic <laughs> atheist? Uh, because there was such that sense of identity, and, and what happened through all of that hunger strikes, and IRA, and terrorism, and bombings, and unfair attacks, uh, you know, Catholics being murdered and being called terrorists for no reason, and and everyone um, engaged in some horrible behavior. Mm -hmm. And eventually what you had is the recognition that this violence is not solving Mm -hmm. anything. And you just eventually, I think, had people evolving and not like things aren't still tense there Mm -hmm. at times, Mm -hmm. not that there's not underlying discrimination, but Mm -hmm. at some point, it's not always about um, diplomatic solutions. It's about growing Mm-hmm. The you know what yeah. up yeah. and and realizing and wanting a, a better life for you and your children and your people mm-hmm. and doing whatever it takes and sometimes it's that willingness to um, release being so right all, all, I all think the time, a lot of times that. <laughs> uh, to do that and uh-huh. you know I know you know the troubles doesn't apply to everything that's going on in you know Israel and the surrounding parts at that time but I, I think it doesn't take much to study human conflict mm-hmm. to see. Um, those those aspects there, and yet, you know, Alain was saying this. You know, um, the national identity of Israel is so inspiring it to is. me yeah. that you can see people from all over the world um, who identify with their country as much as with their own individuality. Mm-hmm. So much so that living for that cause greater than themselves, you know, causes them to come together to um, respond and do what is necessary to protect Israel's future. Mm-hmm. And although there's some Something worrisome about that with war. There's something to me also quite inspiring um, about that type of patriotism sure. um, that we're seeing taking place. At one point, there was a picture I saw of all the parked cars on the freeway of the reservists who were coming in, mm-hmm. parking their cars and walking to go and report for duty. And wow. so, um, in in all of the sadness and tragedy, I also just affirm the um, identity of of Israel that is its people and its ancestors. Ancestors and its uh, you know ongoing spiritual struggle for its peace and liberty, and I think what we want is its peace and liberty and the liberty and peace of um, all nations surrounding it and in the world. And I think deep down, you know, um, Israelis want that too. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we all want to work towards that while not having any illusions of um, you know the struggles that are ahead. Ah, that's very well said, Josh. Wonderful. Um, Mm-hmm. Cookie recipe treats. <laughs> Let's end this on a sweet note. Oh, 
my What do you gosh. do? What do you love to cook at this time of year, Michelle? <laughs> well, I did make some Halloween cookies a couple weekends ago, and they came out pretty tasty, but looking pretty horrible, I will admit. I, I experimented with my uh, grandmother's sugar, sugar cookie recipe, and I went to go frost the cookies. And let's just say that it, it was good that they're Halloween co- uh, cookies because the frosting kind of looked a little vomititious. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the word of the day, vomititious. But uh, they tasted very tasty. I would love one, and that's more uh, baking than I've done. And so hopefully, you know, Nancy June, my five-year-old yeah. daughter, and I will, will get some time to, what, to cook and embrace the season. Will you cook? Uh, cookies or what will you what will you cook I'm with very her? open to all of that ah. uh, we're much more you know perhaps you know uh, Halloween involves usually some witch's brew which mm. is some pea soup mm-hmm. and probably some sort of spaghetti noodles oh, with something yes, uh, yes. vomititious yes okay <laughs> <In> good <it. laughs> So great connecting with you uh, this morning, Michelle. Uh, If you're listening to this, we just so appreciate who you are. And uh, thank you for, in your own way, being a part of Mile High Church. 